Cultivating Place is proud to receive support from the California Native Plant Society. California is a biodiversity hotspot on our planet, and CNPS is working to support the communities of plants and related beings that make it so. This is Cultivating Place. I'm Jennifer Jewell. In the interest of maintaining my own lifelong love of gardening until the very, very last moment possible, and for all of you gardeners out there doing the same, I am so pleased to be in conversation today with not only an expert gardener, but also a fitness expert. The two have come together to create a fascinating and innovative new approach to engaging gardeners around the concept of lifelong garden-based fitness. No matter where you live, no matter how old you are, no matter what kind of garden you are in relationship with. This will help you stay as fit as possible. I am joined in this conversation by the two founders of a new public television program series entitled Garden Fit. It is clearly a life philosophy, not just a television program, and I am excited to hear more about it from Madeline Hooper and Jeff Hughes. Welcome to the program, both of you. I am so pleased to be speaking about this exact topic in this season with you. We are just delighted <laughs> to be with you, Jennifer. Hey, Jennifer. That was, uh, that was a wonderful opening. I feel really special now. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I think that it is a timely moment for me to be in this conversation at the age of 56. I remember sometime in my youth, let's say somewhere in my 20s, one of my gardening aunts sent me a book about about staying in shape for gardening. Um, and I think a lot of people consider gardening to be this kind of passive activity. Any gardener knows this is a full contact sport and you use every muscle in your body to engage in it, including your heart and your brain. So I want to talk more about the two of you and your work in this arena. If I were to ask the two of you to distill down for me one mission, one mission statement about your relationship with plants and gardens right now in your life, what would that mission statement be? And I'm going to start with you, Madeline, with whom I have been in conversation about this project for, I don't know, two years maybe. And immensely helpful, Jennifer. We found such wonderful uh, gardeners thanks to your books and your guidance. Very appreciative of that. Um, if I would say my mission is to live in my garden, I wake up every morning and I can't wait to get out there and see what's developed, you know, who's eating what leaf, what flower decided to bloom, yeah. you know, and everything in between. So it has really become a lifestyle for me after you know, working in a city, it's a big treat. Mm, yeah, yeah. Um, now, I will have each of you lean in just a tiny bit more, but I love that answer, so we're all good. But then I'm going to move to you, Jeff. If I ask you that same question, what, what, what is your answer? Well, I, it's, it's probably not as garden-related as Madeline's, <clears throat> but, um, you know, I've been, I've been a trainer for over 35 years, and... Just being able to help people, being able to understand how to have uh, 
the ability to take care of yourself no matter what you're doing, especially gardening. Like you said, it is a full full contact sport. And uh, I've encountered a lot of different different uh, aches and pains this whole season of Garden Fit. To be able to take that expertise from the gym and um, uh, apply it to gardeners is it has really been uh, overwhelmingly, uh, um, I don't know, it's just, it, it's moved me. It's been, it's been a really good time to just, just help people out with, with that, just tra- transferring that expertise from the gym to the yeah, garden. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm going to make the two of you, even you, Jeff, who, who says this isn't quite as garden based, but you are now expanding into this garden world with us. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Take us back just a tiny bit and share with us a little bit more about your earliest influences. Who were the people and places and possibly plants that grew you into a person for whom, you know, gardening would be a lifelong joy, Madeline, and fitness would be a, a, a lifelong calling of yours, Jeff. Let's get started with you, Jeff, and then we'll we'll move back to Madeline. Uh, well, you know, I can't apply a little gardening here. You know, I grew up, my grandmother and my grandparents had a farm, and I grew up eating strawberries right out of the garden and tomatoes right off the farm. And then my dad always had a garden in the backyard. And as I moved away, mostly apartments until I bought my first house. I always had uh, patios and terraces full of flowers and stuff like that. And I, I grew a lot of gardens, believe it or not. <laughs> not quite a lot of gardens. <laughs> and with all that traveling though, I did, I, I had fitness businesses. I, I uh, started off really training uh, clients in Miami. And then I moved out to Los Angeles and had a nice go of it out there with uh, mostly people in the the, the Hollywood business. And, uh, and then I moved back to Florida for a little while and then up to New York City. And although I first got my degree in fitness and I studied a lot to become a trainer, most of my expertise has come from my clients. I have learned so much from training people. And I guess this kind of relates to gardening or anything else. You, you learn from the, the problems that arise that you find solutions for become uh, a new trick in the bag. And it's, it's just been a really nice uh, long haul to get here to Garden Fit and be able to have all the many ways to help people uh, as we did. Yeah. 13 yep, times. Yep, yes. <laughs> and Madeline, what about you? T- take us back in terms of, um, you know, your garden life and trajectory. Well, I think I was one of the lucky ones. Maybe we share this, Jennifer. I know we, I share this with a lot of the gardeners that we visited in Garden Fit. Um, my dad started me gardening. And I remember my first experience in a garden was planting these funny looking things that he called bulbs. Hmm in the fall. And um, I couldn't believe it the next spring that these amazing, beautiful red and yellow, you know, tulips appeared. I was so taken by that. I think that feeling of excitement of watching what nature does never left me. And again, even though I became a city dweller, the first time I had a little house outside of the city, I actually tried to plan a garden and see if I could get plants to come up, you know, in some kind of succession of order where, you know, one would bloom in June and the next group would bloom in July. And of course, it was really an early naive attempt. 
But um, once I stopped working in New York City and had this land in the country in Canaan, I, I must say I got really carried away. It was a, a blank slate and I just started to garden and I learned it on the job. And I, as I said, it has really become um, not an obsession, a choiceful way to spend my life. And I feel very privileged mm -hmm. about that. Yeah, I think most gardeners do, no matter how big or small or how much time we have uh, to to be in relationship with our, our garden spaces. I think that privilege is something that certainly came home to us in 2020 if we weren't viscerally aware of it prior to that. For sure. Yeah. I, I think there's a little obsession. <laughs> She's just, I don't love it. When, when I met Madeline, she was dragging into my gym with dust coming on, dirt coming off of yeah, her. Yeah, it was a little dusty. She'd been, she'd been, weeding for she's i've been weeding for five hours i'm wiped out I'm like that's a little obsessive yeah that, i don't know how choiceful that is well ah that is so great that is the perfect segue into the garden fit <laughs> program that that sentence you just that image you just gave us jeff of we yeah. as gardeners being so um focused and and lost in a given task in our garden is, of course, one of the great attributes of gardening, right? You can get in there and all of a sudden the day is gone and your head is light and your clothes are dirty and your nails are broken, but you feel lighter until you stand up from five hours of weeding on your hands and knees and you think, oh my gosh, I needed to stretch. I needed to shake things up a little. And this brings us into the garden fitness idea. Um, <laughs> yes, really perfectly, actually. Um, and so, take like what what is this program, and how did it come to be an idea that the two of you took forward? Um, I'm not sure who wants to start with this, but uh, get get us started. I'll yeah. Start. It, 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 I'll start only because it sort of happened for just what we're talking about, like you said, Jennifer. I um, gardened so much, my back and neck were constantly in pain. And like all of my garden friends, when we got together, we all complained about the aches mm -hmm. and pains. But one gentleman said to me, I said, I've got to do something. And he said, well, I know about this trainer. I went to see him, you know, two years ago, he had a bad shoulder and his wife gave him a gift certificate to three sessions with Jeff. And he still not only remembered that, but his shoulder was fine. So whatever Jeff did, he felt really, really worked. So I said, oh my God, give me his name. And I called him the next day and made an appointment. Mm -hmm. And I think Again, you know, Jeff watched me carefully, listened to me, and I felt within almost a month that real tension in my neck, the things that he taught me, which he can really explain um, so well, not only made sense, it, I could do it. And so day by day, I got better and better. I could feel the difference. And now, really three years later, since that first time we met, I, I can garden for as long as I want. I'm stronger than I was before. And I have not one ache or pain. Wow. So that's pretty exciting. So then Jeff took over. Wow. <laughs> yes. That's pretty impressive. It was impressive. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, well, 
all that wonderful, all that uh, the wonderful news from Madeline. Just to give you a visual of that, she came dancing in about a month and a half in. She said, I play tennis, I garden for three or four hours a day, and I feel great. I'm ready to work out. Totally different person. And uh, she came up with this idea. We should do something. You should, you should, we should do a TV show or something. I, I really bugged him. We should do a video. And I was like, yeah, everybody wants me to write a book, do a video. You know, there's, there's so much out there. And we, I kind of put you off for a little while. Just I was like, a little. Whatever, just do your workout. Just, just get in here and do your workout. And then finally I sat down and I said, all right, just let's, let's talk about this idea you have. And um, we, that was two years ago. That was. Yeah. Actually, Jeff came up with the name. Yeah, well, we I came, thought we, that was once he said Gordon Fit, that was it. That, said, it became a reality you're in a my genius. Head. <laughs> <laughs> so excited. And uh, yeah, so we uh, we started pursuing how we could, you know, what the format of that would be, and and, and so forth. And we ended up we made a demo reel. We, we, did. we found a couple of local gardens, and made a demo reel, and we. Uh, we pitched that to well, PBS. Yeah, they thought it was the next right. best thing since bread. I think, right? They were so excited, Jennifer. Yeah. So we were off and Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because Madeline approached me. I'm not exactly sure where inside of this uh, this process timeline, but she came to me with a question about you know possible gardeners for you to uh, meet up with and talk more about this with at a time when I had just finished writing two books about gardens and gardeners. And one of the recurring themes in the work that I was doing, not only as the podcast host, but also as writing about these gardeners, was this recurring mantra of how physically hard this work was specifically on professional gardeners, not just home gardeners, and that it really limited their professional um, time in the work and their professional enjoyment of the work. And I just thought, this is, this is a fantastic idea. And so we have the catalyst and from here, take us on, on the timeline and process. And why was it important for you to meet with gardeners in person, in, in situ, as it were? Just to follow your thought there, Jennifer, you know, once Jeff and I really sort of had the mm -hmm. vision of garden fit in our head, the first hurdle was to find the gardeners. Yeah. And, you know, because you liked the concept and a couple of other garden friends that I really respected, um, it was to test it out. And I can tell you that everybody that I contacted, you know, I obviously emailed them first, but once we actually talked and I explained what Jeff could do and wanted to do, we, I, I never got to turn down. Yeah. Every single person said, can Jeff come tomorrow? <laughs> so it's right. that the community understood that they literally garden until they drop, that it is so stressful on their bodies. And that if there was a solution to be had, they were really open armed. So it, once all the gardeners got excited, I, I, you know, I think both of us felt really charged that we had, a, could really, express our mission was to teach gardeners how to take care of their bodies while they're taking care of their yeah, garden. Yeah. So take us on the process from there, your sort of vision, your goals, and the the different, and maybe walk us through, you know, a couple of the, the gardens and gardeners that you uh, met up with, you filmed with, you 
uh, worked with in their different places and yeah, share what that was like? Well, I think it's, uh, it's really important to point out also to add what Madeline was just saying and to answer your question. Um, we not only uh, went to fabulous gardens and, and you know, just wonderful places, it's really a garden fit such a nice destination show, but it was very, very important to her, to us, to have not only go meet the gardeners, but that they actually do the work themselves mm -hmm. in their garden. That was a big parameter and that 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 narrowed the field a lot of, of who we were going to go see because it had to not only be people that had great gardens, but actually worked right. in their gardens and actually created those aches and pains for themselves. Exactly. And so that they became the third star of the show in each episode. Yeah. And then, you know, the other criteria was really to make sure since we wanted to go all over the country that not only did we have gardens and farmers in interesting locations, you know, with different, you know, growing uh, situations and, and weather and all of that and soil, but that they really had different styles that we, not two of the gardens in our, uh, this series now that 13 different locations that we went to, um, actually 14, uh, we really saw something different. People who really thought for themselves, who created their environment and who kind of broke the rules. And we thought that was gonna be very helpful to give the audience permission to really understand that it is your own space and you can do whatever you mm. like and open their eyes to what's out there. Yeah. You know, what have other people discovered? So I think the, with yeah. those two things in mind, um, it really did help us. Yeah. We were also, you know, just very lucky to meet up with sensational gardens. Yeah, yeah and it was, it was eye-opening for me. Yeah. It was really fun. I mean, we went to uh, Coconut Grove and this guy, Raymond Jungles, makes jungles for, for a living. <laughs> he actually builds jungles. This is Cultivating Place. This week, as the growing season is firmly underway here in the Northern Hemisphere and winding down a bit in the Southern Hemisphere, our gardening bodies know just how hard gardening and growing can be on them, on our muscles, our bones, our joints, everything. This week, we're in conversation with longtime gardener Madeline Hooper and fitness expert Jeff Hughes, the founders behind Garden Fit, a new PBS television series focused on caring for our bodies as our most important garden tools throughout our lives. We'll be right back for more on the specific professional and dedicated individual gardeners Madeline and Jeff worked with for the 13-part series covering 14 gardeners around the country. Stay with us. Cultivating Place is made possible in part by the California Native Plant Society on a mission to support California's native plants and places using both head and heart. Among the society's many programs of note, one I am really excited about as the growing season is getting underway is their newest plant introduction program, Bloom California. This Plant Campaign aims to increase native plant awareness, appreciation, and most importantly, 
planting across the state, transforming our gardens, parks, business fronts, and beyond into native plant habitats. Over 85 nurseries across California have partnered to offer us Bloom California native plants. Native plants highlight a beauty unique to each of our regions. They support wildlife and they are climate conscious. Visit bloomcalifornia.org to find a nursery near you that is carrying Bloom California plants, recognizable by their logos, Bloom California. Hey, it's Jennifer. You know, I think this conversation with Madeline and Jeff is a perfect reminder in the height of the active growing season. While we're still engaged in the bulk of the front of the seasons, seeding, planting, weeding, watering, this climax moment of the season, of the heartfelt but physically demanding labor of gardening, cannot be overstated. And while I am not a fitness expert, and nor am I a person who has ever wanted to go to a gym, the messages of Garden Fit really resonated with me. In their first episode, Jeff and Madeline visit Rennie Reynolds of the Eden-like Hortolus Farm in Pennsylvania. And as they walk around the farm and garden with Rennie, Jeff and Madeline engage him in conversation, but Jeff is also watching him the entire visit. He watches Rennie as he walks up a hill. He watches him pick up a heavy pot. In another episode, Jeff and Madeline work with famed plantswoman and garden designer Lauren Springer out of Fort Collins, Colorado, on how to care for the strength and flexibility of her all-important hands. In another... Jeff works with Brooke Bridges of Soulfire Farm in upstate New York as she progresses through her pregnancy and continues her healthy work on the farm. Jeff notices her footwear and how it restricts or could be done better to improve the range of motion in her ankles, which then refers pain or not into her lower back. He works with her on her balance and posture for this same lower back pain. As with all the subjects of Garden Fit, these three plants people are seasoned professionals. They know what they're doing, and yet they all gained a little greater awareness about their own physical habits and tendencies so that they could improve their function and comfort in the garden. (laughs) It's just another example that there is always more to learn in the garden, isn't there? And after watching the first few episodes of Garden Fit myself, I caught myself walking up a daily hill in our garden in a poor position, And I thought about what Jeff had said to Rennie about how better to walk uphill. And I readjusted myself with no small amount of pride. (laughs) So, may we all be happily gardening, comfortably and physically fit for years to come, my friends. We're 
We're back now to our conversation with longtime gardener Madeline Hooper and fitness expert Jeff Hughes, the founders behind Garden Fit, a new PBS television series focused on caring for our bodies as our most important garden tools. Something to note is that Garden Fit is not a traditional fitness program approach like do this many crunches or this many minutes of cardio versus strength training. It is some of that, but more importantly, it is helping us as gardeners to raise our own awareness about how we move in order to make even small adjustments to our daily work more ergonomically and therefore working with our bodies rather than working against them. For instance, how we lift heavy objects, how we walk uphill, how we bend or squat or reach as we weed, water, or plant. As we come back, Madeline and Jeff share more about their work helping to get Raymond Jungle's garden fit. Raymond is a literal jungle plantsman in Florida. Well, I guess the first part was that I sent him an email. Mm -hmm. And um, after a few back and forth emails, I got a chance to talk to him on the phone. He was quite intrigued. And he said something that was very profound that really excited Jeff, which was he said, you can come because I want to learn how I can climb trees for the rest of my life. That was his big wish. So then, that is great. That is a great wish. And I think it's one that many gardeners have, right? And, right? and we know that gardeners live longer than most people. We know that they have better physical and mental health than, than the standard, you know, kind of average in the world. And that gardening is directly related to that. But this can only improve all of those numbers. Yeah, well, you know, Raymond, he, he not only wants to climb trees, you should see the trees. <laughs> These are the canopy trees and the palm trees. They're this mighty long ways up, you know, and then he takes a saw with him when he goes. So uh, he he had a big wish there. And he's he's a very athletic guy. He's, he's just a little right. older than I am. And uh, he's kept himself in great shape. And it was just fun to explore um it was really fun to just explore his his, his business yeah. he, he we went to where he works and he has this jungle wrapped around a business but um to just sit down and talk with him about uh not only you know wants to climb trees but how are we going to go about that and he's he's much like many people in the country he's not a gym guy he doesn't want to go to the gym he doesn't have time he, he has other things to do yet he needs to train for that so it was really fun just to develop a nice understanding of what he needs to do to accomplish his goals. And, that, and that's where I, uh, I stepped in. And um, Jeff's a good observer. Yeah, yeah. Well, that, you know, you're, you're asking earlier about maybe like the format of the show. Mm -hmm. That's a big piece of it is we walk around the show and uh, we walk around the garden or the farm, wherever we are. And while the viewers getting that tour with Madeline, um, I get a chance to get a tour of the gardener. I get to watch their environment they're in. I get to see how they walk, how they carry themselves. If they bend over to pick something up and we get a, oomph, you know, I get a good understanding of who they are. And then later on, I get to sit down with them and, and uh, then they, they can tell me what hurts. And a lot of times it coincides with what I, what I observed. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So can you, can you give us a specific about that in terms of Raymond? 
Well, the, the only thing that I want to say is that, you know, he does put in these instant jungles. And I think watching how he does that, he really loves to save trees. And he seems to have this connection, Jennifer, where he gets trees that have just recently been uprooted because of hurricanes mm. or people bulldoze a new site and they're just going to destroy all of the native habitat. So he really collects trees and, and puts them into his gardens that he's developing for his clients and for himself. And the one that he did around this building that Jeff mentioned is an office building that he renovated. You can't see the building. There's so many, there's such a jungle around mm -hmm. it, smack in the middle of a city. And he put that in, I think we saw it after about a year. Yeah, he said yeah. it had been there, uh, what, maybe two years. Maybe two years. It looked years. like it had been there since the Jurassic period. It really did. So he has a real eye and talent for you know combining uh, plants that are very, very large. So that was interesting to see well, somebody do that on that scale. On that, on that point, one thing he did point out to us while we were walking around, he said, I don't have a business sign. My, the sign is the fact that you can't see the business. Right. It's surrounded by yeah. a jungle. <laughs> and that's what he sells. That's what yeah. people want. Yeah. The nice thing besides um, having him and these gardeners personally take us around because again, it's very um, insightful and inspiring. We also went, when we come back four weeks later, that's another part of the show. When we come back in four weeks, Jeff will explain why that time period is so crucial. Um, we went to his private house that he also just renovated and around his home, he was just putting in a jungle. It was really amazing. Right. So yeah, take us on the process. There. Yes. Where were we? We, we were. <laughs> you just uh, were talking about how you got him, you know, to observe him and give him his fixes. Yeah. So I gave him what for his per his particular purposes. His legs were in pretty good shape. Um, he had some uh, lower back issues, um, and he's a tall guy, so he has a long long torso, and just general strength for doing what he's doing and endurance. So. Um, what I gave him was a, what I call my monkey bar workout, push-ups, pull-ups, and dips. And you, you don't have to start off by doing pull-ups. That's kind of hard with your, with your body weight. So I gave him a, a little band exercise to do pull-downs with. And uh, eventually he turned that into a pull-up. And uh, also some abdominal exercises, yeah. my, my uh, coast-to-coast famous five-minute abs. <laughs> And uh, so it just real basic, basically what it was is it's body weight. You're learning, you're building strength and you're working on uh, uh, all different angles of your body with these exercises. And at the same time, you're um, learning how to work with your body weight. So you do this anywhere, anytime, number one, because your body weight's always with you. Number two, that's exactly what he wants to do for the rest of his life. It's not to carry things, it's to carry himself. So you you start developing your own technique by doing these kind of workouts uh, to, to carry your body weight up that tree or under the bridge or wherever it is you're going. It was very much, very much you know, catered to exactly what he needed. Everything I, I did was very unique to what they um, what any gardener's problem was or ached or pain. It was, it, it was fun. I kind of went in blind on every show and it was fun to, uh, scary, you know, cause I don't know what's in store. I'm, I'm thinking, Oh my God, what if I can't fix them this time? You know, but it, but so that made me have to listen and observe. And, um, actually the, their problem is if you understand by, like I said earlier, following them around the, the, the property and watching them, just observing them, 
you not only understand the problem, but you start to understand the cause. And when you understand the problem, the cause, that just leads you right to the solution. It, it, it gave me exactly a, a unique fix for each one of the gardeners. Oh, that's great. That is great. And did you have something you wanted to add there, Madeline? Well, I just, I think once that happens, um, we, you know, we actually come back to see how they're doing. So uh, Jeff really gives them um, a challenge, right? So Yeah, well, we do that four-week promise. We do a promise, yes. We, yeah, we have a promise in this show. They have to shake my hand and promise me they're going to do what I asked them to do for four weeks. And um, that creates something really special. That creates a habit. And if I can get them to create that habit, basically what I mean by a habit is it takes about four weeks to create it. And my approach for the garden fit habit is to give the gardener something that they understand and will do and therefore fit it into their lifestyle. So that not only they're doing it because I told them to, they're doing it because their common sense accepts it. And that's what creates that habit. So when we went back, not only did the fixes work, but they didn't even have to try to do them anymore. Their body was just naturally doing it now. They just created a, a lifestyle with that fix and they're, they're set for life. Yeah. So it was always wonderful, Jennifer, to go back to actually have them express how different they feel, how much Jeff's fixes and the new habit has changed how they garden. And, and I, I think then they sort of take us around and show us what's new in the garden or we learn something from them. You know, they teach us something festive with um, Raymond. We danced with him because <laughs> <laughs> he kind of liked that. But, you know, other gardeners have, you know, made wonderful vegetarian meals for us. They've taught us how they make their herbal teas. We, we've done so many interesting we did tai chi. Um, we did Tai Chi with a fellow who has a Japanese garden, which was really impressive. So it, it, it's kind of when we go back, it's a big celebration. Right. Right. Which, and um, and it just it does seem to, um, you know, check all of these boxes of what makes something stick in our lives. One, there is this intrinsic value to us as gardeners to maintain our fitness so we can stay in relationship with our gardens as long as possible. So there's this like built in self value or, you know, I'm not putting that right, but you know what I mean. And, and there is this, uh, great simplicity of being able to do this while we are already doing what we already want to do every day, which is garden. So that's beautiful. All right. I'm going to, before, I don't want to hear I, any more promise stories yet because I want to end no. with those. I want you to take us to a couple more problems. And one of the things that I just love about the slate of, of this cohort of gardeners you have put together is that they vary in age, they vary in climate and topography, they vary in gender, and they vary in their kind of garden purpose. Take us to somebody wildly different than, than Raymond. Take us to maybe like Rosebud Schneider, the head of a traditional Native American garden situated on 300 acres of tribal land. In her personal garden, she continues the heritage work of her ancestors. Take us to Rosebud. <laughs> Rosebud Schneider was so much fun. We really enjoyed she her. She was one of the favorites. 
So Rosebud loved loves her garden and she loves it because it's a heritage garden for her. I mean, her seeds are her ancestors, Jennifer, and that uh, the heart and soul that's in that three sister garden is really impressive. I, I learned so much from her. So it's of course about the three plants, corn and peas and squash. So she really, um, shared with us why these plants are codependent on each other, how they cook with them, how they save the seeds and plant them again. And it was really a charming uh, look at something really special. Yeah. Now, um, for listeners who won't be familiar with who she is and where she's located, give us a little bit of context. Ziba Mijuan. Ziba Mijuan. We practice Ziba Mijuan farm a hundred thousand times. I think. <laughs> we said that more times than I weed. Um, we start the show with it. Yeah, we do. Madeline teaches me phonetically how to say it in the car ride. It is our, <laughs> one of our best parts of the show is the car ride. We have fun. I'm sort of telling Jeff we're, we're, who we're about to meet and what type of garden we're about to see. So then it's kind of a joy in it. Um, and I think Rosebud was one of those people who just had so much in her life, almost like all of us, but she you know, had young kids and had a lot of responsibilities and was farming and doing markets and you know, the whole lot of responsibility around that and they were making food. So I think one of the things that I'd like to say that Jeff has offered each one of these gardeners that was absolutely cherished by Rosebud was this idea that you can do these fixes, his garden fit fixes anywhere, any place, anytime. So I think you should tell uh, Jennifer about the text you got from Rosebud. <laughs> oh, well, you know, yeah. When I uh, had my sit down with Rosebud, um, two of the biggest issues with her, um, one was, um, you know, just tight muscle, just not paying attention to stretching. And that led, that, that came from the, the other problem that everybody has. She said she could not find time to do things for herself. She was, she was a mom, like you were saying, she's a, she's a mom, she's a teacher, she's the, she runs the farm, she's, she's, she's very busy. And we all can use that excuse in every, whatever we do for a living or whatever we do in life, everybody generally puts everybody ahead of themselves and then you, it gives you a good excuse not to take care of yourself. And that was her, one of her biggest problems. And so my fix was to sit down and show her some stretches. She has some identifiable problems that were coming from just simply tight muscles. So I gave her some stretches that were very effective that you can do anywhere, anytime. And I encouraged her to do them anywhere, anytime, and to also put on some music at the end of the day and just dance in her garden and uh, get back to having fun doing stuff like that. Take, you know, for, you know, it's still, it's still work, but you can have fun. So yeah, uh, she, what, what, what was it she said? When we had our sit down, she mentioned um, something about, you're gonna have to stay on me. And I said, so you're not gonna give me a hard time if I call you, right? She said, no. And so I, I did, we, we, I got in touch with her uh, after, the, after we uh, had shot the show. And sure enough, she sent me a text back from the kitchen and her and her brother were taking a stretching break while they were uh, making sugar. And it was, it was just really nice that she, and she was, I think, you know, really it's the picture itself. She's smiling. She's just excited that she's, she remembered to do something and she didn't even have to remember. She just 
it's, it became, like I said earlier, the habit. It became something that she just fit into her lifestyle. And, it, and just simply doing that, as opposed to not doing that, if you add 365 days to that, you're way ahead. Yeah. You're actually doing something. And then when we came back, besides the fact that she was just raving about how much better her body felt and how excited she was with what Jeff taught her to do and put in, include in her life, she taught us and her brother joined us how to actually braid dried corn, which was so much fun, how they cook it. I mean, again, a lot of the Native American heritage uh, vegetables are such a big part of their diet. So it was wonderful to, to actually see how they prepared their food and you know, kept it after they harvested it for a long time. So it was. It was really this touching was, to be with her. This was that. this was a real a real big yeah. stop off for yeah. us, and it was a long stop off too. Oh Z, my God, Ziba Mijwan is is uh, five hours north of Detroit. It's it's, it's way <laughs> it's it's a very tip top. You can see Canada from there. It's the very top of Michigan. So uh, it was quite an adventure flying in, renting a car, and driving all the way up there for this one, so, and it was well worth it. This is Cultivating Place. This week, we're in conversation with longtime gardener, Madeline Hooper, and fitness expert, Jeff Hughes, the founders behind Garden Fit, a new PBS television series focused on caring for our bodies as our most important garden tools. We'll be right back for more on specific professional and dedicated individual gardeners Madeline and Jeff worked with on their series. Stay with us. Hey, it's Jennifer. So I wanted to circle back with you all to the native plant celebration notes that we talked about a few weeks ago. And I want to give a shout out to Peggy Dlugos in Manitou Springs, Colorado. Peggy has been a listener of Cultivating Place since the first summer of COVID, when she would tune into the podcast while she gardened in the cool of the long summer evenings there. Peggy gardens on a quarter of an acre, and she says she has a large selection of native to her region, which, as she says, were either planted by the first owners, or blew in on a windy day, or were gifts from the birds, or possibly ground squirrels, right, Peggy? Her natives include ponderosa pine, blue spruce, gamble oak, choke cherry, birch leaf mountain mahogany, creeping mahonia, rubber rabbit brush, blue flax, rocky mountain penstemon, prairie coneflower, and yarrow. <laughs> From the canopy down to the ground covers, what a nice view, Peggy. Thank you. If you have garden plant lists or insect visitor lists or questions or comments you'd like to make about how cultivating place fits into your life and how your garden fits into our greater world, I'd love to hear about them and I'd love to share them forward with other people. Send me an email, cultivatingplace at gmail.com. I'd love to share your views with other listeners too.
We're back now to our Garden Fit conversation with gardener Madeline Hooper and fitness expert Jeff Hughes, the founders of the PBS television series Garden Fit, focusing on caring for our bodies as our most important garden tools. As we come back, Madeline and Jeff take us into the story of a few other gardeners in the series, including Jim Martinez of Marfa Garden in Marfa, Texas. The only other place that took us so long to get to was Jim's place, Jim Martinez. Yeah, so take us, yeah, take us down to Marfa and the Marfa Garden and Jim Martinez. Yes, people who are familiar with mine and Caitlin Atkinson's book, Under Western Skies, will be familiar with Jim Martinez and his very large and beautiful, you know, self-cared-for garden. Talk about your process with him. Well, that I mean, that's such a fabulous place to visit, and he's such a lovely man. And of course, he is so concerned about habitat and making homes for all creatures. So it was beautiful when we got there to see that so many of his uh, plants were f- literally flooded with butterflies. And was it was just one of those spectacular days. And um, not only is he obviously such an expert and knowledgeable plantsman, I think he knows, I think every native plant in the Southwest part of the United States. So it was wonderful to learn about why he selected the plants that he did and then how he gardened every day. That was really a big, big deal. So he uses this thing called a sharpshooter. Have you seen him do that, Jennifer? No, no, talk more. I've never seen anything like this. It's sort of uh, the combination. uh, It looks like a shovel, but one of those narrow shovels that you would dig a bulb hole with. And he throws it into the earth, (laughs) literally raises his arm and thrusts it down. It almost looks like he's, you know, using a lance to pierce the ground. And that's how he divides plants. (laughs) And that's how he makes holes. I mean, it was really very impressive, but of course it was also very stressful on his body. All right, take us from so, there, Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, that's very. It's very forceful, and and he's right-handed, so he was only using his right arm to do that, and shoving that thing down into the ground to break roots and, and everything else. Um, this really caused a lot of problem with his shoulder. He was very extremely inflexible in his shoulder, and that just started to make its way up into his back and his neck and everything else. And uh, the stretches he was doing were not working well to just to, 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 to um, compensate for that. So um, it was just a really easy fix. I taught him just some basic stretching exercises uh, as we sat down that he can do out in the field. Actually, they're, they're very mild and they're very soft and slow. So he can do them uh, to warm up before he does the sharpshooter. Mm. He can them while he's doing the sharpshooter and he can do them afterward and it balances out his shoulder a little bit and then uh, I he had an arsenal of exercises and, and, and stretches he does um, out on the flat surface of his terrace so I just gave him an extra one that that's that was a little bit more involved to add to his the ones he was already doing and uh, it, it really opened him up he, he was much more flexible when we got back and and he saw the difference and you know, one thing, a really nice takeaway on this show, not only do we do I give fixes and, it, and we allow four weeks for it to set in as a habit, but a lot of times, um, maybe three or four times, they still weren't at the peak of, of, you know, the best they could be. And that's, that's just 
really something that everybody needs to accept and it's, it's great in the show it never i never took that as a as a something that didn't work it's really important to remember that when you start doing something for yourself if you've been spending the last 20 years doing it against yourself it may take a little more than four weeks but you stick with it you you do get these little moments that it's working and you need to take your time and that's the value of it becoming a habit and a lifestyle type fix is that you keep doing it for the rest of your life and it will catch up it, everything all the aches and pains will go away and you will no longer be causing them right right key yeah that really is key there's no rush take your time and enjoy the process of, of making yourself healthy and not causing the problem anymore and if we feel better and even a little bit in those four weeks, then it becomes this self-reinforcing um, kind of motivation, Absolutely. which is which is wonderful. Yeah. And of course, we're going to, you know, we are going to have aches and pains and we all know how our individual stories, uh, we are, you know, sent into the great compost beyond and <laughs> come back in a different garden in a different way eventually. So you have 14 programs you have 14 very different gardeners and, you know, in each of them, we as individual gardeners in our own places might recognize ourselves, our issues that we need to work on or compensate or, you know, rebalance for. We will see ourselves a little bit in each one, if not in all of them. So, you know, you, you have now put this program out. It is launching on PBS in March and what are your takeaways? What are your calls to action for gardeners at home right now listening to this program? I mean, beyond um, hopefully watching the programs and engaging in this kind of health and fitness and attention commitment to themselves, what what would you what would be your kind of yeah takeaway thoughts for for gardeners out there? I, I think that um, our biggest, my biggest takeaway, which I know Jeff really shares, is that it would be nice for gardeners to know that their best garden tool is their body. Mm, that without keeping yourself healthy and physically able to garden, mm -hmm. you won't be able to do all the things that you know you and I know we just love doing. Mm -hmm. So I really think that being garden fit is the best garden tool. And if people get that, I know we both would be thrilled. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. That's, yeah. that's, that's it. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Just like we say, maintain your body while you maintain your garden. And that's, that's really it. The garden. That's great. That's good stuff, Marilyn. <laughs> <laughs> well, and you think about, you know, I mean, you and I know, Madeline, we, we spend a lot of money and a lot of time on our tools, on taking care of them, on, you know, sharpening them, oiling them, storing them, all of these things. And uh, to, to remember to put that same kind of investment and care into our own bodies as the best garden tool, I love that call to action. Um, I can say that better. <laughs> if you were to share with me in all of these stories, like what, what brought you the greatest joy from this work. And, and maybe there's an anecdote. I, I think you've already shared several that really spoke to you, but, you know, is there anything you would like to add about the, the joy and importance of this, um, this engagement in, in your lives? 
You're first. Okay, I'm first. <laughs> you know what really impressed me? That so many gardeners, all of them, were so concerned about sharing how they work with nature or for nature. Mm. So all of us are so concerned about, you know, should we use this pesticide? Is that, you know, organic? And really, they just cut through all of that. I mean, you really have to mimic nature and understand to let things like bugs and all kinds of animals live in your garden and figure out how to make that work mm -hmm. and plant things that obviously are indigenous so that you don't have to, you know, go through all, all the aches and pains of trying to import something that is never going to live in your garden and in your climate. Um, I think their principles about healthy soil and starting in the right place. I, I just feel I learned so much every single day, Jennifer, like we all do. So that to me was a big takeaway. It was a wonderful experience. And I'm pretty sure the viewers, like you suggested, will find something that's so relevant to what they're mm -hmm. doing. Yeah. But they seem to take the mystique out of gardening, not the work out of it. <laughs> Not not the joy of being creative, but you know, you just get up and do it. Yeah. Well, my personal growth was the big words I learned. <laughs> <laughs> I learned things like variegated and floriferous. Nice. I would you learn, I'd learn a new four or five syllable word every episode, and I'd use it three times that day. <laughs> we had a good time with me on that. But, but one of the biggest takeaways from me, because I have not spent that much time with gardeners or really in gardens, was just that, the gardeners in the gardens. I, uh, I got to meet gardeners, and uh, they're a wonderful bunch of people. They are giving. They're, they're, they, they love to share anything they have, food, knowledge, you know, a place to sit down. Um, the, the education I got from this, because I had to pay attention. I'm executive producer, co-executive <laughs> producer of the show. I had to pay attention to all the garden stuff. And I, I learned a lot and it was, it was just really fascinating for me. I, I had a great time that this whole, it took us like six months to shoot this thing. Yeah, it, it, was, just, it, was re, it was really a great educational, uh, experience for me. And, uh, along with the big words, of course, <laughs> we can't get past floriferous. Come on. No, we can't get past that. <laughs> well, and you know, I mean, I think that insight that you just gave us, Jeff, I mean, it, Madeline knows that the whole premise of my podcast and public radio program is that gardeners are these really under appreciated and under leveraged agents and spaces of powerful positive change in our world. And, you know, you look at the cultural work being done by Rosebud, being done by uh, the, the, the great people at Soul Fire Farm who you visit, the, the great yes. environmental work being done by Lauren Springer out of Colorado, and, and all 14 of your, of your episodes. And if I think that maybe fitness people will watch this and decide to make their garden their gym. I kind of <laughs> like that 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 switch too. I don't want to put the gyms out of business. That's not what I mean. But <laughs> if we can put that kind of time and attention into our relationship with our planet mates and plants and soil, I think uh, that is a fitness curve I am willing to get behind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, definitely. And one correction, we had 14 gardeners, but we only had 13 episodes. 
Oh, so you have two gardeners in one. Is this like a mystery? Yeah, we did a we did a place in Northern California called Peace and Plenty, oh, where we had a, a husband and wife, a yeah. couple. Yeah. Nice. All right. Well, we will look forward to those. Uh, all information about the program and the launch and how to watch will be uh, on the Cultivating Place website. Once it launches, will people be able to stream it from their PBS platform, even if they don't watch it at the time that it airs? Absolutely. Great. It'll be on every Monday starting March 21st. Yep. There'll be a new episode and it will be on pbs.org slash garden fit. Excellent. So no problem finding it. And are we thinking about ep season two? Oh, yeah. <laughs> of course. We had too much fun on season one not to do with season two, right, man? Outstanding. I can't wait. Thank you very much to you both for not only this great engagement, but uh, your time and presence with me today. Thank you, Thank Jennifer. Thank you very much, Jennifer. It's been great. Madeline DeVries Hooper is a longtime gardener. Jeff Hughes is a longtime career fitness expert. The two are the founders of Garden Fit, a PBS television series focused on caring for our bodies as our most important garden tools throughout our lives. Join us again next week when we are headed out in the garden or down the block or up the trail for some planty wonder and magic in the company of Bridget Collins, the creative force and imagination behind Flora Forager. She may or may not be joined by the flower fairies who enliven her floral work. Listen in next week. Cultivating Place is a co-production of North State Public Radio, a service of CAP Radio, licensed to Chico State Enterprises. Cultivating Place is made possible by listeners just like you and by partner support from the California Native Plant Society. For more information and many great images from Garden Fit, head on over to cultivatingplace.com and look for this week's show notes under the podcast tab. The Cultivating Place team includes producer and engineer Matt Fiddler with tech and web support from Angel Haracha. We're based on the traditional and present homelands of the Machupta Indian tribe of the Chico Rancheria. Original theme music is by Ma Muse. Cultivating Place is distributed nationally by PRX, Public Radio Exchange. Until next week, enjoy the cultivation of your place. I'm Jennifer Jewell.